it's another Thursday, and we're back with another episode of Days of the New. I'm Nick, joined by Kevin. How's it going, Kevin? Going pretty good, man. I am really stoked for today. This is this is some nerd shit. Yeah, so if you're new to the show, this is a podcast where Kevin and me break down new metal albums that we listened to in the past and either liked or didn't like, and kind of give it a respin now, check in on where the band is, and really break it down. And usually we find out that half the bands are like crazy-ass white supremacists. We talk about that. Always. This week, not as much. We're really just going to focus on the nerd fest that is Obsolete by Fear Factory. Before we get into it, I owned this album on a CDR, on a burned CDR. I've never actually had the disc or the liner notes or anything. When you were like, we're going to do Obsolete, it's like, okay, cool. Diving into this blew my fucking mind. This album was super important to my development as a, a person that played music. Uh, yeah, like I really learned how to play guitar along with Fear Factory. So like my right hand is a machine gun and my left hand is an oven mitt. Like I, I can't play guitar <laughs> solo to save my life. But like all this like super crazy riffage and that like staccato shit. Like I love it. But I never. I've never. I mean. I hate to say this, but I've never really been a huge lyrics guy. Like I really have to focus to listen to the lyrics, especially when the guy's like growling them. So I knew that Mm -hmm. this was a concept album, but I didn't know the whole story and I can't wait to talk about it. Fear Factory is also a band I love. I think Fear Factory is the one band that metal and new metal and hardcore kids and ravers and goths could like all come together on. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I think you're right. They were like the one band that could reach across all the aisles and everybody agreed like, yeah, no, Fear Factory rules. Yep. Yeah, we saw them live once uh, at the Metro in Chicago in like 2010, I think. And it was Something a like fucking that. blast. There's a lot of love for Fear Factory uh, on this podcast. Yeah, but, we're uh, going gonna to make fun of them a little bit, but I hope if, you know, Dino or any of the boys listen, like it is coming from a place of love because like, you know, when I was 18, this album was everything. I mean, I remember buying it. I got the Digipack, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Just opening yeah. it up. and Oh, man, it was such a cool experience. All right, man. Well, uh, tell me what I need to know. All right, cool. So Fear Factory formed in 1989, originally under the name Ulceration. But the name quickly changed to Fear Factory the next year. Uh, guitar player Dino Cazares, formerly of the Douche Lords. <laughs> it, what? The Douche Lords? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, that's not a joke. He really was in a band called the Douche Lords. Drummer Raymond Herrera uh, linked up in Los Angeles with bass player Dave Gibney and singer Burton C. Bell, formerly of Hate Face. <laughs> <laughs> douche Lords and Hate Face come yeah, together. Yeah, Fear Factory is like an all-star jam band of Douche Lords and Hate Face. <laughs> Gibney would eventually be replaced by Christian Old Warbers. Influenced by death metal bands Godflesh and Napalm Death, Fear Factory mm-hmm. played their first live show on Halloween night in 1990. They quickly went into the studio with a little-known producer named Ross Robinson to create Concrete, an album that sounds nothing like Fear Factory. Um, (laughs) But Roadrunner released anyway in 2002 after Fear Factory broke up for the first time to honor their contractual obligation. And not all the band members were okay with that. And if you go back and listen, it just sounds like a death metal band. It doesn't have any of that, like, tech to it. Uh, Like, the drums sound really dry. And, like, um, it's... Roadrunner doing Roadrunner bullshit. Like, Roadrunner is the second crappiest record label after Victory. And, yeah, they also yeah. brought us Nickelback, so fuck them. Fear <laughs> um, <laughs> Factory found their... Oh, but they also did put out... Um, Glassjaw. Yeah, they did put out Glassjaw. Typo yeah. Negative. Yeah. Biohazard. Yeah. Hatebreed. Earth Crisis. Like, go, list, go listen to the Meat Meat pod if uh, you want to hear about all the awesome bands that were on there. Awesome bands on a shitty label. Yeah, there you go. That's the story. <laughs> 
So Fear Factory found their sound, which I call Terminator 2 core, on their true <laughs> debut album, Soul of a New Machine, and tightened it up uh, even further on a fantastic album called Demanufacture. But we aren't here to talk about that because this is a new metal podcast. So we're here to talk about their third release, Obsolete. You could always kind of sense this is where it was going to go. My first introduction to Fear Factory, because uh, I was like way, way into industrial, and I kind of felt like Fear Factory fell on that side of like Cannibal Corpse, like death metal, which really wasn't my thing at the time. But then somebody introduced me to the Soul of a New Machine remix. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, which... It's, you know, some major players are good that are going to come into obsolete and that shit blew my mind. You know, one of my favorite uh, Fear Factory songs is Scum Grief. And that's like what introduced me to that song and really made me go back and be like, OK, these remixes are so fucking tight. Like, I need to know what's up. So I listened to Fears the Mind Killer, yeah. and then I got into Demanufacture, and then Remanufacture fucking yeah. changed the game for me. So Fear Factory used to put out these like almost like dance remixes of yeah. their albums repackaged to be more electronic. So like, yeah, Demanufacturer came out as Remanufacturer. Yeah, they mm. were, those were, those, they weren't my thing at the time, but going back and listening, it's pretty cool shit. Yeah, but they kept the two separate. Uh-huh, and yeah. You, yeah, your dance music, your industrial music was on one side, and then your metal was on the other. And Obsolete is where they just come colliding on a full length. Yep, absolutely. So like, this is definitely the metal side of new metal. This album fits the genre because it features no guitar solos. Dino plays a seven-string Ibanez, down-tuned to A, just like Korn, and there are actual fucking turntables on this record. <laughs> DJ Zodiac! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just loaded with riffs, and at the time, the sickest drumming I had ever heard in my life. The kick drums sound like clicks. It's like the first time you could really differentiate it, and it's funny because my very first band that gigged was extremely influenced by Fear Factory. We were called Sentinel, you know, like the giant robots from <laughs> X-Men. X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And my drummer had these like plastic kick mallets and these adhesive metal discs that like glued onto the kick drum. So when the mallets would hit it, it would sound like Fear Factory. Oh my God. That's um, so... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Obsolete was recorded in Vancouver, Canada at Mushroom Studios and Armory Studios. It was released on July 28th, 1998 and then released reissued as a digipack on March 23rd, 1999. So digipacks were a thing that Roadrunner Records did where, you know, you remember your old CDs, they would come in that like shitty plastic jewel case. Oh, yeah. Digipacks were like cardboard and they had a plastic clip on the side and you'd open it and it would, like extend the lyric book out. And it was just a like more expensive packaging. And then they would charge you like $27 instead of $17.99. Yeah, and usually the digipack would come out like once they knew they had a sure thing on their hands. You'd rebuy the album and get like three additional remixes. I mean, it was such a crazy fucking markup. Yeah, it was a super scam. So like this one was repackaged because uh, we'll get into it at the end of the show, but Fear Factory covered Gary Newman's Cars <laughs> and it was a radio hit, but mm -hmm. it doesn't fit into Obsolete. So they reissued the digipack so you could have it at home. And then they put a bunch of other songs that don't have anything to do with Obsolete either. The album is a concept album. Burton wrote a story called Conception 5, and this album tells that tale. I don't know why the album isn't called Conception 5, but Conception 5 is the story of a world where the battle between men and machine is over and man has lost. It tells the tale of the Edge Crusher. The Edge Crusher is a member of the rebellious faction that has escaped from prison and is on a mission to tear down the police state known as Securitron. <laughs> Bell explained, 
we're up to the point in the story where man is obsolete. Man has created these machines to make his life easier, but in the long run, it made him obsolete. The machines he created are now destroying him. Man is not the primary citizen on Earth. So the lyric book has the story printed out in the form of a screenplay. And yes, rest assured, we're bringing it to you. <laughs> this is a unique episode of Days of the New where we welcome you to pause the show and listen along to the album song by song for an experience that we think Fear Factory would appreciate. I looked at the interior of this album. Even if I owned the album, I would have no idea that this was like a plot because it's fucking impossible to read it. Yeah, it's like mixed media. There's a, it's all jumbled up, but I, uh, I, I deciphered it in its entirety. Props to you. Also, can you imagine being Dino or one of the other guys and like going into an interview with Guitar World and they ask you, so uh, tell us a little bit about the new album. And you have to be like, well, uh, well, it's all about well, let's get get into the story of the Edge Crusher. Scaretron. <laughs> so the, the album opens with an absolute banger called Shock. Oh but God. before we get into the song, we have to get into Conception 5. 2076 AD. Everything that you believe to be true is a contradiction. Imagine a world that is suffering a slow decay and a culture on the edge of extinction. A world in chaos brought to obedient order by the machines that man created. The linear programming that the system machine created to bring order is failing steadily due to the one variable the machines cannot compute. Humanity. In this time, man has become a docile creature, herded into submission under the mechanical laws that apply, programmed and desensitized for their convenience. However, there are certain persons drawn together for reasons that are grounds for punishment or even death. These people long and yearn for a change within the infrastructure, a better way of life, and a logical existence. These people create factions that congregate in total secrecy, in places random and unknown. These factions maintain chaos in society in order to disrupt the system, locate the weak spot, and trigger a collapsing effect. Their anger is only superseded by their will to exist, and nothing could be stronger. I bet you Burton C. Bell had a fucking aneurysm the first time he saw the Roomba. <laughs> I, it sounds to me like these factions like are the types that would like storm the Capitol and try to kidnap a sitting governor. <laughs> We'll get into it, but uh, I really don't know who to root for in this album. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but we're gonna we'll keep going with it. So, with this, we enter scene one. We fade from black into a dim tungsten lit room. A man is standing in the room, surrounded by people sitting, ready to listen to what he says. For this is the eve of their attrition. <laughs> anyway, this song is called Shock. We're gonna actually play you the beginning of this because if you haven't listened we really need you to understand what fear factory sounds like and shock's a banger so just yeah you should listen to it anyway okay so you get the gist yeah yeah just Totally bangs. Can, can we get into the lyrical content here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first off, this was the first single off the record. Uh, you obviously hear those cool sci-fi sound effects, and then it gets into it. It has that sick 808 bass hit, like, as the guitars kick in, which is, like, my favorite thing ever. Yep. So the lyrics talk about how the Edge Crusher has escaped from prison, and he's standing in a room addressing other rebels. And so these lyrics are his speech to these people. We're rooting for the Edge Crusher, but to the robots, he's kind of a terrorist, and he's getting on robot TV and pulling cords out of toasters or whatever the 
robot version of beheading is. I don't know. Also, Edge Crusher is an excellent name for a seltzer. <laughs> the real Edge Crusher is when you turn 21 and then... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's, he's, he's basically being a terrorist addressing the crowd. Now, he is going to be the power surge and he's going to shock the system. I am the insurgent, electrified, amplified. Shock. <laughs> so the next song is called Edge Crusher. Uh, and it goes and continues his story. So the lyric book describes a large monitor mounted to a wall. Uh, the screen goes from black with a pop and launches into a scrambled mess and eventually turns into a live news feed. And this is uh, uh, programming. It's t TV bringing you the latest update on this maximum security containment facility breach. It is mass hysteria down here at the MSC facility. Only months ago did this well-ordered facility explode into a structure of crumbling chaos. We have been tipped by reliable informants from within the facility that the breach was instigated by the faction. However, no claim has been forwarded. The actual breach was caused by the edge crusher from inside protected walls. He has been serving a sentence for public disorder and infrastructure sabotage. Can we roll the clip? Yes, that was an upright bass that you heard. The only use of upright bass in new metal? I think the only use of upright bass in metal. I've never heard it before. I don't think I knew enough about music to understand that that was an upright bass when this came out because like, I only realized it a couple of years ago. And like, it's it's cool. Like, yeah, uh, Christian Warbers brought it in and he wanted to put the turntables on the song and Dino didn't agree, but he got his way. And uh, yeah, I do like, it's like due to the graphic nature of this program, some dork shit is about to happen. <laughs> The lyrics are conceived in a hell beyond your depth of perception, chaotic case of conquering domination, psychopath snaps fired chains of imprisonment, a bludgeoning force that's undermining the government, and then he just keeps yelling, inflict strain upon the structure, collapsing below my pressure. Break of the edge crusher. That's such a weird way to say I broke out of jail. Nobody says like, it, you know, it's when the edge crusher escaped jail. No, it's the break of the edge crusher. <laughs> I like how he describes himself as the purest, nonconformist, jaded, subhuman terrorist. From flesh to steel and blood to blade, I fight to exist. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons over here. <laughs> anyway, though, the song's pretty good. It's a very weird song with the upright bass and everything, but it still has, like, the classic Fear Factory groove. And this is, like, a very new metal song for Fear Factory. Do you think Edge Crusher is his Christian name? <laughs> I just want to know if Edge Crusher is his government. Like, is that on his driver's Government license? issue name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. The next song is called Smasher Devourer. We now have word that Edge Crusher has eluded the enforcers and has fled the area. Much damage has been sustained by the facility and quite a few civilian and state casualties have been accounted for. Images of bodies are strewn across the grounds of the facility. We see enforcers picking through the debris. The camera manages to pick up every detail of suffering. The state has allocated reinforcements for the tracking, apprehension, and custody of Edge Crusher. We have been informed that a Smasher Devourer module has been issued for <laughs> reconnaissance. On the monitor appears an image that looks solid and mechanical, a bipedal design with an egg-shaped armored mainframe. What appears to be arms are actually weaponry for protection. 
The camera follows the Smasher Devourer as it walks towards protesters and demonstrators gathered in support of Edge Crusher. And the lyrics to this song are what the Edge or what the Smasher Devourer says to the crowd. And those are, I am the way, prepare for salvation. Those of you who dare to stray, I will take your life away. So I'm guessing that their maiden name was Smasher and then they hyphenated it when they married Devour. <laughs> I like that it's just a big egg with guns for arms. <laughs> yeah, but it says that the arms are actually for protection because it's got a big wobbly egg body. And it gets picked on by all the other robots. Uh, this song has a lot of robot sounds and a real tough drum pattern. It is extremely Terminator 2 core. One of the things that make Fear Factory sound the way they do is Burton doesn't only do the growly, screamy stuff. He also does these big, soaring, like, typo-negative vocals. So yeah. I want to play a clip. Okay, so he does that a lot through this album. A lot. A lot. <laughs> the guy's, like, just wailing. And Terminator 2... Basically, they sh they couldn't get the rights to Terminator 2. It should just be called Terminator 2, the album. <laughs> Fear Factory actually has some songs that have made it onto Terminator video games. Everybody is aware of what they're trying to do here. Okay, instead of uh, John Connor, we'll call him uh, Edge Crusher. Yeah, right. And instead of a hunter killer, it's a smasher devourer. Devourer. <laughs> so the next song is called Securitron Police State 2000. I don't know why 2000, because this takes place in 2076, I think. But anyway. Yeah, maybe it's like the T-800 and oh, the yeah. T-1000. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So the booklet paints a picture of Edge Crusher and he's running down an alley trying to escape view from the security cameras that are everywhere. It mm -hmm. describes bright red lights on the cameras so everybody knows that they're clearly under surveillance. So the only refuge he can find is within the refuse. He knows that he is safe from incident from any enforcer among the trash. So apparently our hero now lives in the trash. <laughs> I'm really starting to question Edge Crusher's leadership. Uh, and mental state, yes. Yeah. He's, uh, from what I've gathered, he's broken out of prison, and now he lives in a garbage heap. <laughs> I, I don't know how he's smashing the state by living in the trash, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of like Charlie from Always Sunny. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just playing Nightcrawlers. <laughs> yeah, I bet you everybody else has a name like John Smith or something. He's like, oh, I'm Edge Crusher. <laughs> yeah, he's just like that nerdy, weird kid on your block that called himself Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point in the narrative, though, I question why the robots really need humans at all. Because I have a theory. Okay. Robots have taken over, right? Robots run everything. But they tolerate humans because there are some humans that are in jail and there are other humans that are not, right? But they okay. are, like, living in a police state. But why? So here's what I think. Robot government is just trying to create robot jobs by a privatized prison system. That's deep, Kevin. It's, like, it's not like the Matrix. They don't need them for energy. It's like they, they tolerate the thing that's going to kill them. And they're huh. robots. Interesting. And robots watch TV, apparently, in this world. <laughs> There's a lot of TV in this. Yeah. Robot guards go to their robot jobs at robot prison, <laughs> and then they come home to their robot families, and they watch robot TV. It's the weirdest fucking thing. I don't understand it. Oh, and meanwhile, Edge Crusher is just scheming from his garbage heap. <laughs> from his garbage heap. You know so what? The robots and the people might get along 
okay, Edge Crusher just might be out of his fucking Yeah, mind. maybe they do. Maybe everything's fine, but Edge Crusher is just fucking whacked. <laughs> anyway, so the song itself, it comes out of the gate super hard. It's just straight machine gun drums and guitars. And the lyrics just focus on how there's no place to hide from the state. And, well, the, the state, it, it's robots, as, as we said. With that, we enter into scene two. And that starts with the song Descent. Edge Crusher is alone. He has grown tired and appears worn out. He has been running for so long from the grasp of Smasher Devourer and evading the scope of Securitron. He ponders his own outcome. He asks himself as he is merely becoming a repetition in the overall machine. Has his quest for freedom become a meaningless descent into oblivion? Edge Crusher steps into an abandoned building to rest himself. As he falls asleep on a cold, flat floor, he repeats the same words as he does every night. Those words are the lyrics. And it's basically him just going, I am nothing. I feel nothing. I'm nothing. So yeah, Fear Factory Groove. Meanwhile, crazy-ass Ed Crusher is by himself in an abandoned <laughs> building screaming, NOTHING! <laughs> Can you imagine being Edge Crusher's cellmate in robot prison? <laughs> and you're just trying to fucking get to sleep? It's every night. He repeats the words every night. Like, <laughs> the robot's like, lights out. And he's just, NOTHING! <laughs> NOTHING! <laughs> That guy was probably so relieved when Edge Crusher escaped. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay. So uh, the lyrics say that Edge Crusher lifts his head and looks to the night sky. He realizes that his life is worth the effort. So he maintains to arise. And then that brings us into scene three. (laughs) Scene three starts with the song High Tech Hate. And this is the filler section of the album. High Tech Hate sounds like a 1998 expose that like your local news channel would have about (laughs) hate groups online. It totally does. It's like, like, it it would be something like, they preach hate and they're taking their message to the World Wide Web. (laughs) Tonight at 10, learn why groups like the KKK are surfing the net and how to keep your kids safe when they log on. <laughs> and it would have the little title card behind him. Oh, totally. High tech hate. Oh, yeah, and it would be in like the font of like a uh, LED calculator. Yeah. It's <laughs> perfect. Uh, so the song kicks off scene three, and the lyric book paints a picture of a crowd of anti-war protesters of various factions demonstrating outside of a heavily guarded official building, and a harsh man steps out of the building, raises a megaphone, and speaks to the crowd. So the song kind of feels like it was rushed just for the narrative of the story. Like, it's the worst song mm-hmm. in the album. Yeah. It, like I said, it's kind of filler, which is a little bit of a bummer in a concept album. Like, you got to fucking get it right. But it's definitely, like... I, I, uh, like an anti-nuke, anti-war song with lyrics like, these weapons of mass destruction around our world, threat to us all, operated by fears, fighting a war, we can't ignore, destined to fall, cowards to all. And it immediately goes into freedom or fire. So as this man, don't know who he is, I don't know why he was in like this government building because I thought only robots worked there. 
<laughs> security, he's, he's, so he's speaking to these protesters and Securitron's enforcers start to circle them. And this guy just pulls out a gas can and he pours it over his head and he pulls out a single match. And before he lights it, he makes one more statement to the crowd, which are his final words. And like High Tech Hate, it feels like it, the song was hurried to push the story along. The lyrics are locked in chains of this sovereignty. Let me be, because I long to be free. Unrestrained determination set ablaze for liberation. And then his, so his final words become like crazy laughter as the horrified masses look on. And then he literally sets himself on fire. <laughs> it seems a bit excessive. It does. Also, like, you know, when we had like monks burning themselves alive to like protest the Vietnam War, they were hoping to appeal to like deeper humanity Robots don't have that. Yeah, that's my exact note. It's like, who are you proving this to? You just lit yourself on fire with the people who already agree with you. (laughs) Robots. And robots don't have that. Yeah, they're not going to be like, hmm, you know, he may be onto something. (laughs) The flesh thing has incinerated itself. Does not compute. It gets, it gets even weirder. Um, the next song is called Obsolete. So as the, the flames of this charred carcass start to subside, a Securitron enforcer approaches the charred body and picks up the megaphone and addresses the dispersing crowd. And he's just, man is obsolete. Our world obsolete. Man is obsolete. Erased, extinct, obsolete. All in all, though, it's a pretty sick song. The chorus has a really gnarly, like, halftime mosh part that I like. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's kind of good. Why does a robot need a megaphone? I was wondering that, too. Did he just turn up his volume? <laughs> Great song, though. Great song. Yeah, it's a good one, for sure. The next song is called Resurrection. Whew. Among the shadows, Edge Crusher witnesses the entire event, the unnecessary maximization of injudicious power. He thinks to himself, how weird. Where did our humanity disappear to? Where does the soul of man reside now? Locked away inside the fear of the machine that perpetuates ignorance? In order to save humanity, we must first give a damn. We must respect ourselves as a free-thinking culture and procreate compassion for one another. Without compassion, man will certainly become obsolete, a vague reflection of a long, dead existence. This is the same asshole who goes to sleep saying, I am nothing, I feel yeah. nothing. Right, right. No, he's bipolar as fuck. This dude is having, <laughs> it's the depression side of manic depression. Like, he's in a down cycle. But Nick, why don't you get to the real plot twist? So Edge Crusher gets away from the enforcers and walks into yet another abandoned building. He doesn't know what it is, but it's a church. It's got wooden pews, it's got stained glass, and it's got a big old crucified Jesus. <laughs> So he feels a vague memory recognizing the Jesus, and he puts his hand on the face of the Jesus. So this song is like a wild song. It's like a pop Fear Factory song. It's all clean vocals, and it has a mm. string section. It was the second single released, which is blows my mind. The lyric that he's singing as he's touching the Jesus is, all that I know, there was no God for me. I watched the video for this, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> So it shows the edge crusher walking to the church and it has this big yellow neon cross on the side. So he walks to the church and then he finds the big Jesus. Mm-hmm. He looks like a cyborg. He's got all this robot shit on him. He's got like a <laughs> fucking like a Terminator vision where it's like all red and it has like a crosshair on it. And then it just keeps panning to this like robot bug thing crawling around. And every time it shows Burton singing, there's just like binary code projected all over his face. 
God. There's random shots of Dino just standing there and like, you know, Dino's like a, a large man that like only wears shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end, uh, the edge crusher walks into what looks like a nuclear holocaust with his hands raised over his head, which we take to realize that he is surrendering to the state at that point. Man, for all their superior processing technology, there's one equation the robots will never be able to solve. You know what that is? What's that, Kevin? One cross, three nails, four given. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, dude, that's on bumper stickers all over oh, the place down here. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so ultimately, like, he goes in, sees the Jesus, and then just gives up. So timelessness is a hymn. It is just strings and Burton singing the words of the edge crusher from a prison cell after his capture by Securitron forces. And it's a bummer, because like we never hear about a battle between the edge crusher and that giant egg robot or anything. In no. fact, edge crusher doesn't even do anything. He breaks out of prison, he hides in some trash, he hangs out in some abandoned buildings, and he talks a lot. Edge crusher's kind of a bitch. Edge crusher sucks, man. So wh what happened? Well, I slipped in trash, and then I went to a warehouse, and a man lit himself on fire, and then I went to another warehouse and now I found Jesus. Then I realized I was pretty hungry so I just turned myself in. <laughs> so and then the lyrics in the song from prison is reach for the sky, touch the sky, revive a hope for mankind. So like is he seeing himself in like a Jesus Christ type role now? God, my my, my heart goes out to his cellmate. He's like, finally, I can get a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. And now and now, born again edge crusher is back. <laughs> dude, dude finally closes his eyes and then he hears the jail door swing open and nothing! <laughs> nothing! God damn it. So my fun fact on this one is that Sarah McLaughlin was originally going to be on this song. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Greg Reilly, the producer, had worked with her. And she was kind of into it when she heard it, but then they fucked up and they sent her some tracks from D Manufacturer and then she noped the fuck out. But can you imagine what our world could be like if Fear Factory and Sarah McLaughlin worked together? Can you imagine what SPCA commercials would be like? <laughs> I can. Oh no. Oh no. Please call the number on your screen or go online and join the BC SPCA with a monthly gift right now for just $18 a month you'll rescue animals from their abusers provide medical care food shelter and love <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was laughing the whole time I made it <laughs> oh my god fucking beautiful <laughs> so with that we have reached the official end of Obsolete. The Digipack did have a few more unrelated songs on it. They were thrown on and weren't part of the official storyline, but we have to talk about Cars. We absolutely have to talk about Cars. So Fear Factory covered the 80s electro-pop track by Gary Newman, and Newman himself provides vocals on the cover. Him and Burton C. Bell like switch verses, and it's kind of good. The way that this actually came about was Fear Factory was on tour and in Europe, and I guess there was some German beer commercial that used the original Gary Newman song uh, in its advertisements, and they heard it so fucking much, they were like, eh, it'd be funny if we covered it. And that's the thing that launched Fear Factory into the kind of public consciousness. 
Yep, it hit uh, number 16 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. It also has a music video. Did you see that? Oh, I love the music video. Yeah, it has Gary Newman and Burton C. Bell driving a 1979 Trans Am around outer space. So that's cool. Yeah. And the band is all wearing sunglasses inside while they play, which is also very cool. Let's not forget the leather jackets. Oh, yeah. Dusters. And also, like, they they just managed to put, like, a creepy kid in the back seat of uh, Gary yeah. Newman's car. And he just looks really pissed off that he has to drop this ghost child off at space school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Newman originally uh, wasn't into it, but then he realized, like, shit, I haven't been relevant in 10 years, so, uh, you know, this will get my music out to new people. And then his quote was something along the lines of, well, my music has gotten a lot darker and heavier, too, so he really wanted to appeal to Fear Factory fans. I listened to some of his new music. It's not great. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. it is. No, it's boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, the Tale of Fear Factory doesn't go much further than this. Uh, they had a couple more albums and then imploded in 2002 when Burton left to focus on his indie rock career. Dino took control of the band name and Christian and Raymond left and a lot of shit talk happened. They mm -hmm. get back together and break up a few more times. In 2009, they broke up into two Fear Factories, one with Dino and Burton and another with Christian and Raymond. Uh, Dino and Burton won out and they released Mechanize in 2010 and I actually kind of like that album except there's this part where Dino tries to play a guitar solo and it's fucking terrible <laughs> <laughs> ultimately now Dino's the only member of Fear Factory uh, and he keeps teasing new music but who knows if it'll ever come out uh, Burton now sings in a band called Ascension of the Watchers Raymond and Christian play in a band called Archaea Raymond owned a video game, like an online video game store for a while, and now he owns a beverage company and a company called Evolution Organics that sells supplements through Whole Foods and Sprouts. Christian has guested on a ton of metal albums and has actually been uh, on tour as a touring member of Korn. No shit. Yeah. He can be commonly found in true days of the new fashion, spreading COVID disinformation all over oh, Instagram, no. but mostly in the comments section of Loudwire. Every no. time I see a Loudwire post, like Christian is in the comments section just fighting the culture war. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm serious. Why? Just one band. Just one band that I is know. just... Like he, he, the other weird thing though, he also uh, he spent a lot of years as a semi-pro soccer player. Like he's from Belgium, and like he was like a semi-pro, and he owns he currently owns a company called Aviata Sports that makes gloves for soccer goalkeepers. And I looked it up, and it looks like totally legit. So it's, it's fucking wild. <laughs> Dino still uh, keeps the Fear Factory name alive, but he's also been in uh, Mexican grind bands, Brujeria and Asesino. I have to play you. <laughs> I have to play you some Brujeria because they have this song. <laughs> Kevin, do you remember the song? They have a song called Cita de la Mente, which roughly translates, well, not roughly, it directly translates to AIDS of the Mind. <laughs> I want to know who that little dude is. <laughs> uh, and, and if you like that, you can also catch uh, Brujeria in uh, season three of Ozark. Really? Yeah, yeah. When uh, Marty gets kidnapped and... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Th that's what they're playing. Gotcha. He was also in another Mexican grind band called Asesino, and he has voiced a character on Metalocalypse. Uh, he has guested on several other bands' records, including Soulfly, Atari Teenage Riot, and Cypress Hill. 
And that, my friends, is the story of Fear Factory's Obsolete. Such a great album. Such a great band. I wish that the trilogy would have concluded a little differently because uh, it went from Demanufacture to Obsolete, and then they finished up the trilogy of The Edge Crusher with Digimortal. Uh, which might deserve its own episode because I don't think we can really leave the audience hanging with just, you know, Edge Crusher. (laughs) I like it. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll kick that one back in season four. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, don't don't worry. We'll conclude the story of the Edge Crusher. (laughs) So we... um... We wanted to start the segment called, you know, if you like this, try this. So, like, we, we like Fear Factory, so feel free to listen to Fear Factory. We won't make fun of you. But if you like this kind of music, uh, I think maybe I'd recommend Bury Your Dead. Yeah. God, I love Barrier Dead. <laughs> God. So last Christmas, Matt Brusso, the singer of Barrier Dead, who's just like this totally normal, bucolic, suburban dad. Yep. So he rallied all the Barrier Dead fans to go onto his uh, his neighborhood's HOA Facebook and vote for his house for best Christmas lights <laughs> so that he could win a $25 Amazon gift card. <laughs> so like... On this one post, they're like, vote for your favorite. And, like, there's, like, 15 votes for other people and then, like, 25,000 votes <laughs> for his house. Uh, he's he's super funny. Uh, we saw him at Furnace Fest, and uh, he literally was yelling at the crowd, your safety is not my responsibility. And he's like, unless the person standing next to you is your ride home, I want you to ruin their fucking life. <laughs> Yeah, Barrier Dead is probably my favorite hardcore band. <laughs> I want to see unmitigated violence. <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, um, man. Anyway, man, what have you been listening to lately? So I have been going back to uh, some older stuff. Uh, I, I don't know how it got back on my radar, but there was a band called The Blackout Pact. Uh, Are you familiar with them, Nick? I'm not. It's the only album that they ever put out. Unfortunately, um, Mike Carrera, the lead singer of The Blackout Pact, uh, he died a couple years ago. So this is their only full-length album, but I'm going to play you the song We Drink So You Don't Have To off of the 2000, I want to say 2005 uh, release from The Blackout Pact. So that's the Blackout Pack. The album is called Hello Sailor. Uh, it's really a banger start to finish. Um, and rest in peace, Mike Herrera. Yeah, thanks for playing that. I like it a lot. I'll definitely check it out. Mine is a little older as well, although they are on the verge uh, of a new record. 
uh, the band Crosses. They did just sign a new record deal to, with Warner Brothers and dropped a new single, uh, which I didn't like very much. But yeah. I'm still looking forward to their album. Crosses is composed of Chino Moreno, uh, who everybody that listens to the show should know is the lead singer of the Deftones, and Sean Lopez, who was the guitar player in Far, which is one of my favorite bands of all time. So this is off their first album, the self-titled 2014 Crosses, and this song is called, it's the lead-off track called This Is A Trick. crosses it's kind of baby making music <laughs> oh yeah it is god yeah chino can do no wrong man yeah, everything he's ever done is great yeah all right man where can they find us uh you can find us at days of the new d-a-y-z of the new n-u on instagram and twitter uh, it's been cool to see a bunch of new followers since we uh we're voted more, number four or number three best we're podcast. number four <laughs> we're number four <laughs> uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at nick underscore the underscore knife you can find me on instagram at kjdelury and you cannot find me on twitter because i am busy sleeping in the trash and finding jesus <laughs> thanks for riding with us we'll see you next week later days of the new is a production of the palm springs 86 You were there. Stop!